Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. With me today, I am very excited to talk to this guest. Uh, she is uh, one of the co-creators of Desis and Dragons. Uh, she is a dice maker um, and doing a lot to create community in in the TTRPG space in India. So yeah, if you would like to introduce yourself. Hello, uh, my name is Andrani. My pronouns are she, they. As, as Navar mentioned, I'm the co-founder of Daisies and Dragons. I manage our community. Um, we've become India's largest TTRPG community, which is such a weird thing to say out loud. Wow. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm also a handmade dice maker and a TTRPG streamer. That's so exciting. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I'm When I first found out about it, I think somebody, a mutual follower of ours, perhaps uh, suggested that we talk to each other. Um, and then it was like, we were both like, yeah, this, you know, sounds cool. I was talking to like the main account and, uh, and then we just never like followed, like neither of us actually followed up with it. Um, and yeah. then I was, uh, I was like, well, I would really like to, to reach out to y'all because uh, I love more diversity and more inclusivity in the space. And yeah. And I mean, what you and your co-hosts are doing is, is so cool. So um, very excited to have you here. And uh, yeah, but where I always like to start is like, how did you get into nerd stuff in general? Okay. Um, I'm going to take you back a decade. Okay. To, <laughs> um, to a younger Adelani who was, I think, 10. Yeah, 10. When I, I started reading Harry Potter. Because okay. everybody reads Harry Potter when you're that mm-hmm. young. <laughs> and um, I wanted to start finding communities that also like the things I like. I grew up in the outskirts of Mumbai without much sort of exposure to like nerd culture. Like where I live, we didn't really have um, 
like a friendly local game store or yeah. it, it, there wasn't like a nerd culture where I came from. So I turned to the internet and um, I found this role play, uh, this online virtual world role play for ha- like people to come play Harry Potter characters based characters in the world and it was this very collaborative thing and i sort of became really ingrained in that community for like six seven years to the point where at one point i was like their moderator and their (laughs) admin and stuff it was a lot um probably not the best thing for a kid to be socializing with strangers from across the world but i made some lifelong friends that i still have today so i think it worked out yeah um but there's a point when I think I was 15 or so, where I was like, okay, I'm outgrowing this. I love role-playing and storytelling, but this is not the format that I necessarily want to be doing it in anymore. So again, I turn to the internet. I'm like, what else is out there? And I come across Dungeons and Dragons and I'm like, this is cool, but I don't really have anybody to play with. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a friend of mine who'd come back from South Africa, he'd lived there his whole life. Um, not whole life, but a big part of his teen years, um, comes back and he's like, hey, so there's this game, it's called Dungeons and Dragons, I've been playing it, do you want to come play with with me as well? And I was like, yes, absolutely, let's do it. Um, And that's how I got into D&D, which was obviously a gateway to just the larger TTRPG space in general. And uh, yeah, now now I'm here, so. Never look back. Never looked back. Correct. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, what when you like? Because uh, it sounded like there was a point where you like learned of D anD D before your friend introduced you to like actually playing the game. What was it that like? How did you find it? Or I guess what what was it that you found? Uh, I think I found stuff like Critical Role, a bunch of. I mean. <sighs> not just critical role, but like a bunch of different actual play podcasts and shows. And it's just, while I love the show, it just wasn't the format that I particularly enjoyed in that space. I was like, I'll enjoy this more if I get to do it. Otherwise I'll just feel jealous. Yeah. So so, um, I knew of it. And um, a couple of people at that community that I was a part of back then, also were trying to get into D&D at that point. And I think it was the same thing where we enjoy the role-playing aspect, but just not the format of it anymore. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that never really worked out. We would be like, yeah, let's play D&D, but it never really went anywhere. <laughs> so. That's cool. But yeah, so when you, um, when you guys first started playing, like, did you, did you like to start a long campaign or was it uh, just kind of like a one shot and then that was it? No, we jumped right into a long campaign. It didn't work because we weren't, I think, that well equipped for running a game with sort of the dynamics of our friend group. Yeah. Not everybody there was there to play D&D. They were there, like some of us were there to hang out with our friends. Yeah. And my friend Shubham, who's a the person who introduced me, is the co-founder of Daisies and Dragons. Mm-hmm. We were there to like hardcore play D&D. And just that um, difference in expectation from Mm -hmm. the game sort of made it fizzle out. And um, we tried again and that campaign is still going. Okay. So thank you. (laughs) Creator powers. But um, 
yeah, it didn't start off that well, but we gave it another shot and I'm glad we did because, yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, I can imagine like how a lot of that would have been sort of inspiration for um, creating things the way that you have. But like, you know, what what was that journey for you specifically? Like, when did you know, like, okay, I want to bring more people into this. I want to, you know, get involved somehow. It started with dice making. It started okay. with me getting my first set of dice and being, I, I had always wanted to collect something. Yeah. I wanted to be that person who collects a cool niche thing. And I was like, I'm not going to do stabs. I'm not going to do coins because everybody does that. <laughs> and then I got my first set of dice. I'm like, see this, this I love. Yeah. And I can have as many of these as I want. But because we're in India and India is not really that, again, TTRPGs are not that big here. Mm-hmm. The the kind of dice sets I could get, I was very limited in options. I wasn't spoiled for choice, really. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just make them myself. How hard could it be? Spoiler <laughs> really, really hard. But um, <laughs> I did that, and and it seemed to work out. It it I made a lot of new friends in the space, but I realized that there are not that many Indians were playing the game, mm-hmm. especially not Indians in India. Yeah. So Shubham, me, Chirag, we decided to try to fix that and just bring, we, we say that we're here to bring the joy of TTRPGs to Desis. And I think that's sort of the goal that we mm-hmm. started off with. Yeah. And I think it's worked out. So um, I'm glad. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, I guess we've kind of talked about it and around it a little bit, but um, you know, for those who aren't aware, like what exactly is Desis and Dragons? Sure. Um, Desis and Dragons is a community where people come together to play various TTRPGs. It is also an actual play live stream on Twitch. And um, it is also a place for us to create TTRPG adjacent content where we interview creators and we've now gotten into sort of these TTRPG chat streams where people come on while one of us plays a video game and and answers questions about tabletop games and just everything in general. So we're sort of creating content in and around tabletop games Mm -hmm. and we're fostering um, this wonderful inclusive community on our discord server so that's i think that covers what we do yeah yeah that's awesome and i mean you know i guess when it became live like was it just kind of people started to understand that's what it was and you know friends and stuff just started to flow to it or how do you think people have found you people that are in india how do you think they have found you right so it started with existing tabletop nodes Mm-hmm. finding us yeah it used to be where like last year not day season dragons has been around for like exactly a year and then change mm-hmm. but um up until that point everybody in the tabletop community in india knew each other like <laughs> it, we had this one whatsapp group which was made i don't know how long ago with like a couple 
like maybe 150 people or something and if you played D&D with someone you're like oh this guy yeah I know that guy yeah. um, it was it was at that point um, so obviously folks from those spaces started to first trickle in and then I think because of our limited marketing efforts which is just like building a presence on social media um, talking to guests that can and guests like Rohan Joshi, who is this big stand-up comic in India, mm-hmm. um, having people like Anjali Bhamani, who people know from video games, yeah. um, come on to our uh, show, that sort of helped us gain the eyes of people who otherwise wouldn't be looking at us. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's sort of where it got started. And then it gets to the self-sustaining point where people are always trickling in. Some people are leaving. That's okay. But yeah, yeah, I think that's where we're at now. Where just because of our social presence and word of mouth, people are just always coming in a little by little every single day. And uh, yeah, it's great. Makes me so happy. That's very cool. Yeah. um, I saw that. I I watched... um, I watched the interview with Anjali uh, and I watched, um, I got through most of the interview with uh, Satine Phoenix as well, um, ah, but I haven't yes, had a chance that to finish that one. Yeah. And I mean, it's just so, it's so cool that, you know, um, anytime people are out there are just like willing to come and check something else, you know, especially when it's new uh, and just kind of add to it. I think it's, it's wonderful, you know, that that's happening. And so I, I'm excited to see where it all goes too. Um, you know, with the actual play stuff, do you have like a background at all in like theater or drama or anything like that? Um, no. So my background is purely from a character building and storytelling perspective mm. from online role playing communities. Yeah. That's sort of where I grew up. Yeah. Make telling stories. Um, so I channel a lot of that in in the way I write my D and D characters or in the way I role play and. But yeah, no professional experience or even like hobbyist experience when it comes yeah. to like improv or stuff like that. I think I'm yeah. just, I'd like to think that I'm decent at it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm by no means great, but I think I'm okay at doing yeah. it. And I'll only get better, so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I definitely don't think like it's one of those things that you have to be trained um, in it. I'm sure obviously that those things help, but um, I mean, I've met, a bunch of amazing people who do this that are just like, yeah, I just started last year and thought it would be cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I guess how how did that happen? Um, You know, but yeah, that's, that's super cool. You know, one thing I'm curious about um, because it was such a small community uh, that you talked about in India, like how has that been received for people like outside looking in, in India? How has it been received? I think yeah. mostly positively. I People who come in really enjoy the space that we've created. Yeah. And I'll, I'll expand on that because India, though it's big and diverse and vibrant, we have cultural issues with creating safe spaces for marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something from the get-go. So that was something that we always wanted to make sure that we did. 
yeah. was create a space that was vocally queer, that was vocally for supporting marginalized spaces and people. And and nerds are often you'll find that a lot of us fall into these categories of people, right? So yeah. I think the fact that we'd created such a unabashedly supportive space and safe space people who came in were often surprised at first but just sort of fell in love with the vibe and kind of stayed and yeah yeah no i mean that's beautiful though i think anytime you can you can foster something where people feel comfortable um and maybe even more comfortable than they anticipated uh, going into it like i think that's such a that's such an exciting thing um and role playing games have been shown to help um a lot of people deal with that kind of stuff and uh whether it's you know identity uh sexuality you know dealing with things that have gone on in their lives like it's as you can kind of role play through this stuff it helps sort of navigate that a little bit better absolutely yeah for me as well keep coming back to this fucking Harry Potter role play, but um, <laughs> that's sort of through role playing and being around people who are queer and gay. And that's how I realized that I'm bi. And, and I don't think I would have been so comfortable in my skin about it had I not had that space to explore it. Yeah. So definitely wanted to not emulate that, but, bring that level of safety to the community that I was creating. So, yeah. 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 That's yeah, for sure. I mean, and it seems like you guys have done a really good job of fostering that. Um, and yeah, it's super cool. Um, you know, what, uh, do you want to do? Like, I'm sure. Cause you guys have done like a, a variety of things. Like, are, do you have like other goals, like other avenues you want to try things like that in this space? Yes. Um, so one of the things that we're actually starting this Wednesday, we stream every Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, is to do like one shots and alternative DTRPGs instead of just our regular actual plays, just so we're putting content out that shows that TND 5e is great. And there's other stuff that yeah. you can try. Um, so that's something we're doing. I think we're going to start playing... Um, Yaziba's bed and breakfast which i'll oh, be running nice. for my friends yeah the it's it looks like a lovely game i have the Ashcan version of it but the kickstarter is up right now if anybody's interested in uh, checking it out yeah but um that's a plan then we have some goals for like I, the dice thing right um mm-hmm. not that many options and i think the same goes for i think cool TTRPG merch that people can wear. So something we're working on is um, collaborating with this wonderful artist who's on our uh, AP as well, Alaka Gupta, to create these designs that are very uniquely Desi, but Mm -hmm. also at the intersection of being Desi and being a tabletop role-playing nerd, um, which is not something that exists currently in the world at least not that we've been able to find. Yeah. And like, if you want to get like cool D&D merch, 
you got to go to Redbubble or you got to go to some website that makes you pay in USD and pay exorbitant shipping fees and whatnot. So um, that's that's a plan that we're excited for. Um, But yeah, so many things. Gosh, we're trying to like rein ourselves in because it gets to a point sometimes where we're like, yeah, let's do this and this and this. And then we're like (laughs) two weeks later and none of those things have been done. So we're just slowly rolling things out that because we're doing this in our free time. It's not yeah. like anybody's getting paid to do any of this. Right. Um, so we take on what we can with the amount of limited bandwidth that we have. Yeah. And right now, these are the plans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so important too. And uh, I mean, you're super young, so there's still plenty of time <laughs> to, to get it all sorted out and figured out. But yeah, I think I think one thing that's been really cool in the space is that like because it's been growing so much, um, there's a lot of opportunities for people who are doing incredible and unique things to like to grow and to get support from community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so I can see how those things will will eventually pay off, and um, you know, hopefully, you guys can do can do yeah. some of this stuff. Uh, you know, and get paid for it. Um, what uh, if you don't mind my asking? Like, what do you do? Are you in school? or Are you doing like? Do you have like a day job or? Yeah, um, I graduated from school last year um, okay school being university sorry yeah um and now um i work in the marketing space i'm like a marketing generalist i guess i would say mm-hmm. and um, right now i'm working with shanti bhavan which is a non-profit based in tamil nadu it's a u.s based non-profit with a boarding school in tamil nadu which helps um children from extremely impoverished poverty ridden families to get a chance at breaking generational poverty. So the way it works is um, the school um, enrolls one kid per family Mm. that earns say less than $2 a day Mm. and supports them till the first day of school at age four at the boarding school to all the way till they get their first good like job which oh, wow. can help them lift their own families and their communities out of poverty as well. So it's a very um, intensive um, process, but I think it's incredible what's being done. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm a part of the marketing team. I do their social media now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, that sounds very wonderful. Um, you know, cause there's, I mean, across the world, there are so many poor people uh, who could really use help. So yeah, um, yeah, that's and super cool. The thing about poverty is that it's often you'll see people on the internet oh, just need to work harder and stuff like that, but it's not <laughs> that easy, right? Like, yeah. if you're just trying to get by one day at a time, you don't have the bandwidth, you don't have the privilege of being able to think of long term plans and long term goals. So, when these kids are given the safety and security of having food at their table every day, having clothes, having education, having everything that they need to have mm. a fulfilling environment that give and that's what gives them the tools to break out of generational poverty which is insane to me and yeah yeah i don't even know what to say besides it's crazy <laughs> yeah no that is super cool so um marketing is kind of the um, the bane of my existence since starting <laughs> my show i'm actually yeah. I'm, this might commit me to doing it before this comes out, but like I want to write uh, a blog post about like being an introvert 
and building a community around what we do. Yeah. Because it's, I can't do it the way that extroverts do. So I'm curious, since you are in marketing, like, do you consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert? I think if you'd meet me in person, I, there's this term called ambivert. I know that's a cop out. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm the kind of person who I can engage in conversations and I can hold a space. Mm-hmm. And I, and it takes active effort for me to do it. So yeah. I, I joke around with my partner and we say that, oh, my social battery is drained after yeah. like say hanging out with people for a day or mm-hmm. being online for too long. So yeah, I think I have like a limited bandwidth of how much I can put out into yeah. the world of like, if that's socializing or, or tweeting or this or that. After a point, I'm like, okay, now I need to curl up and nobody talk to me for <laughs> yeah. at least five hours. Yeah. So uh, that's sort of where I'm at when it comes to these things. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, just adopt you into the, the introvert camp because I, I feel Thank like everything you. you said is introvert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I used to consider myself like a proper introvert, but it's that thing, right? When I'm like, oh, you're doing all these things and you're talking to all these people. Are you sure you're an introvert? I don't want to like take up a label that. <laughs> but I appreciate it. You know what? I'm yeah. gonna go back to saying I'm an introvert. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those things. Like we just, um, you know, we kind of learn to like mask it, right, and to survive in social spaces because we don't have a choice. Um, and even though, like, I can do this show every single week and enjoy it and like be guests on stuff, like if you put me in a room full of people, no. <laughs> like it, the amount of times that we're in public. And my wife has to talk for me because I just like straight up refuse. Um, yeah, and she just knows. Like she can just tell like he's he's not going to say anything. So I guess I have right. to say something. <laughs> like, Do you think you're better in like one-on-one situations? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. the feel. Yeah. Same with me. Get that. It's um, like my social anxiety just ramps up in, in a big public space. And yeah. And then if I have to like – if I'm – if it's a situation where I have to engage, like it takes all of my energy to to put that together and uh, and right. really try, um, you know. So it's like one thing I, I learned pretty early on, like with my best friend, is like body doubling um, the idea that we just like we'll do our own thing and then that's hanging out, but like we don't have to talk to each other the entire. That is yes. like gold to me. That's perfect. Yes, absolutely. I. Shubham, who's my best friend and my partner, we, um, like, I do that with them, like, a lot. We'll just get, like, during the pandemic, especially because I was not, I hadn't started living with my partner. I was at home. So we would just literally, like, get on Discord, mute ourselves, minimize the window and work or do whatever (laughs) we were doing. But just the knowledge that on the other side of the screen, that person can see me and I can see them was, like, this is us hanging out. I, yeah. This is good for me. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I didn't know there was a term for it, body doubling. I yeah. learned something today. Thank you. I, I re- recently relearned it because um, I'm in the Utopia Discord and they ah. do that a lot. A lot of people do that. Um, and I was like, what is this thing that people keep talking about? Because I couldn't remember what it was actually called. So right. when I looked it up, I was like, oh, yes, this is my dream. That's what it is. That's, what That's fascinating. We actually do it on the DC server too, where we like hop on a call, mute ourselves, play some music, 
yeah. do our own thing. Great. I will I will let the people <laughs> know that this is what it's called. Yeah. It's uh I think it helps so like, you know, um it really makes a difference, I think, anytime you can kind of because I mean we're still social creatures, right? Like we're still like yes, we're introverts, but we're still human. So we like it's nice to be around other humans if we like them. If they're, yeah. If they're good I think it's, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's that's a big uh, part of the criteria. Yeah. But um, I think it's that balance between wanting to be around people, but also not wanting to exhaust ourselves over engaging to this mm-hmm. to a certain degree. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's nice to find people who understand that and, and, are open to reciprocating that. So yeah. Yeah. Before my wife and I got together, my best friend and I used to live together and we would literally have two TVs side by side playing our own games. Like we're both playing single player games instead of just playing together. And it was incredible. It was, yeah, it was great. That is so 10 out of 10 recommend. (laughs) (laughs) I need to get a new TV just so I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, and so uh, what I understand, you, you, there's another community that you guys are building as well, right? For for video games? Uh, yes, that's... Are you talking about the Games Age? Yes, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, uh, that is not necessarily a community. And okay. it's with me with a different group of people, also incredible people. But the Games Age is us talking about games from a more sort of in-depth perspective because okay. a lot of um the gaming industry in india is revolves around esports and competitive mm. games and there's not yeah. a lot of conversation around um single player games or narrative driven games or anything that's outside the umbrella of esports doesn't get nearly as much traction in india yeah. and that's something we kind of want to change so we'd be like we're trying our hand at podcasting um we've now started writing for ig in india um wow. so yeah um that's sort of the goal with the games age it's it's not to the point where they sees us which is like it's got its own community going but yeah we're building things up you know one thing at yeah. a time yeah that's exciting do you have like a favorite narrative game or like role-playing game um yes um narrative game it has to be the last of us mm. part one and two and the dlc yeah. as well yeah, for sure. I think that that game's got everything beat, in my opinion, when it comes yeah. to narrative. It's hard, to, yeah. That that it's hard to beat that. Yeah, um, and in terms of role playing, I think The Witcher Three. I I know CDPR is no, we're not friends with CDPR right now. <laughs> I get that, everybody, but um, The Witcher Three probably yeah, Witcher is 3. my favorite role playing yeah, game. I agree. Before, so pre Last of Us playing that like for for me it was like oh like what are the best games that i've ever played and it was like red dead redemption one and two mm-hmm. the witcher two and the witcher three yeah uh, and it was like m- maybe skyrim after that just because i put so many hours into it but right. it's really like the game like the game skyrim the game mechanics are awful um, absolutely it's just the, the freedom is what makes me want to play it but absolutely. now like having ttrpgs it's like well, yeah, I could just play Pathfinder or you know D and D. Like I'd, I don't need to play Skyrim anymore. Exactly. Um, um, yeah, I think those games would make my list too for sure. Yeah. Um, but damn, The Last of Us—that game has my whole heart. 
Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I, I talked about it. The episode that came out this past week, I talked mm-hmm. about it, the same thing, but like I literally, I beat it a month or two months ago, both of them like back to back. And I still have not deleted it from my library. Cause I'm like, I'm not even, I can't, I haven't processed it enough. I might need yeah. to do this. in. Th- I might just need to talk to my therapist about uh, the last of us two and be like, look, this has nothing to do with my life, but I need you to hear what these <laughs> events happened and just help me work, <laughs> work it out. No, absolutely. Dude, I talked to my therapist about it after finishing it. <laughs> I was the same as you. I played one DLC two like right yeah. after each other. And once I was done, I just, it is such an emotionally challenging game. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so rewarding to be able to get through it and and to come yeah. out of the other side. I it honestly felt like a fucking transformative experience. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Like I was a different person by the time I was done <laughs> yeah. with that game. Jeez. Um, it, you know what's fascinating though? My partner who played The Last of Us when it originally came out on the PS3 and then the remastered version, yeah, couldn't, still hasn't been able to get himself to play the second game mm. because of like pandemic blues he's like i he's like i know that this game is incredible and that i that i would love it if i played it i just don't have the emotional capacity to experience misery right now <laughs> yeah like that Seriously. like voluntary misery is not something and, I, and it's fascinating to me cuz i it actually helped me cope with the kind mm. of feelings that I was feeling. Yeah. But interesting to just see the differences in perspectives when it comes to comes to a game like this. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. it's um because I'm the same way. Like for me it was it was a processing of something, right? What what I processed, I'm still not sure, but it's I processed something 100%. And I think it's like I know for myself, like I listen to sad music all the time. Because it's cathartic for me. It helps yeah. me deal with stuff. Um, I watch like TV shows and movies that will make me cry because one, mostly most of their most of them are good, but also like it I it happens because it's like it's me processing something. And I think other people yeah. are like, I'll process this on my own. I do not need this to like take me to a place I want to be. Um, yeah. And, and both things are valid. Like it just, I think it's just how you deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. For the weirdest thing that came out of The Last of Us 2 was, can we talk about spoilers? Uh, yeah, for sure. I'm, spoiler alert for Last of Us 2. Yes. Uh, if you haven't played it, I'm sorry, but we're going to talk about this. <laughs> <So I'm excited. laughs> um, Maybe I'll put a timestamp. I might not. I'll find out. <laughs> Check the show. Uh, I had a. <laughs> I I had a friend named uh, Joel who passed when I was. Mm, I'm sorry. In, yeah, I was very young when that happened, and I thought I had processed it. Yeah. Until I played the game, and it's such a it, it's just a name. The only resemblance that this fictional character and and my friend have is a name, yeah. but I experienced that grief again, and I got through that grief like a second time while playing this game. And um, I I just, fuck, dude, what a great game. And 
like i don't even have words to ex- explain how it made me feel yeah but it was so hard like i i immediately had to message my friend when i was done and be like look can we talk about this because they've played it twice they played both of them oh. twice and i was like i don't understand how god now i can't even remember her name cuz i'm so ashley johnson in. laura bailey well yeah ashley johnson's character though uh Ellie. Um, I was like, why? Like, just end the game. I wanted that game to end so bad. At the farmhouse. Yes, at the farmhouse. I was like, please, just end. Just end. And I, like, put myself through, like, nope, it's not ending. We still got some shit to do. And that, I mean, that, you know, it still was such a great, like, that's such a great part of the game, too. Um, But, God, it's so awful to just, like, okay, cool. Like things are looking good. Oh shit. We're still dealing with PTSD, you know, but you have this life now, like just stay. Yeah. And it's it's always mad. (laughs) It's heartbreaking. You know, when the control transfers back to you from the cutscene and you're walking away. Yeah. I kept turning back. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I don't want to go back in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why are you making um, me do this? (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. Well, and too, I mean, I think like what blows my mind is that people that people threatened uh, Laura Bailey's life. For, it's fucked up. It's straight up just for playing that character. And I mean, yes, like the events in it. Like, I won't ruin that part, but like the events are awful, and th- you know what I mean. But that said, like I freaking loved Abby as a character too. Absolutely, Abby was is an amazing character and yeah. I think the whole it's like, like the whole problem with how people reacted to The Last of Us 2 is it signifies a larger problem with the gaming mm, community yes. at large Yeah, like a, it was mostly like a bunch of gamergate pros who can't seem to handle storytelling with more nuance than a fucking sledgehammer honestly yeah so, um, yeah yeah. 100%. I mean, and it's like how how idiotic do you have to be to go after a voice actor who like didn't write it uh has no control over the lines or the actions of the character? Like it, you're literally just doing a voice. Like it's not her fault by any means. Uh, it helps that she's a woman, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That is yeah. a, an unfortunate good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. But yeah, I mean it's it's so good. I could talk about this. We we might just have to yeah. <laughs> We should have a second podcast just for yeah. The Last of Us Two. Yeah. <laughs> Come listen to Indrani and I talk about The Last of Us Two in depth by every scene. Um yeah. I'm here for it. We pause by every frame. So this one. <laughs> yeah. Look. Uh God, it's so good. Um, but yeah, w- one thing I'm also curious about. When you came into it, when you came into TTRPGs and the space, um, one, were you affected at all uh, with a lack of representation? And like, when do you think that you noticed that? Yes, I noticed it, I think, almost immediately. And that's often the case with a lot of media, that nerd media that I consumed. I was like, there's never anybody who looks like me even if they're women how many indian women mm-hmm. um 
So I think I'd always been aware of it. And even within the Indian DDRPG space, I've been on the receiving end of some like vitriol and I don't want to get into it, but um, you know, like people who want to exclude others exist everywhere and Mm -hmm. there's no escaping them, even in a in the in like the sub category of Indian TTRPG players, there are bigots and there are they just exist everywhere. Man. Yeah, and just gotta weed them out. I mean, I saw I saw the recent stuff that um, you were dealing with, and and we don't have to give that person any space whatsoever. Um, but I do. It is unfortunate that it happens, and I think. Um, you know, especially anytime you talk about marginalized people, of course, like we're, we are dealing with this uh, a lot, but then marginalized, uh, people of marginalized genders is like, okay, now we're just adding another layer to this, yeah. to this shit cake. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And, and I don't know the logistics of the new D and D book, but I, it looks like they've created a new D and D book. With yes. A bunch of journeys of through the radiant citadel is, yeah. I am so excited for it. Um, my mentor, Ajay George, he's the one, um, heading, he's, he's the one who conceptualized and co at the book. He's yeah. also um, the director of operations at Shanti Bhavan. Um, yeah, I. That's awesome. Incredible person, truly one of the best people I've had the good fortune of meeting. Um, I and and I know how excited he's been for the book's release, um, and oh, I cannot wait to see what they do because it's it's honestly historic, right? Yeah. To, for, for D&D, yeah. at least yeah for D specifically like it to be created and and written by a group of people of color drawing from their own experiences is just yeah unheard of in in the fortsy sort of space and um i can't wait i'm really excited to get into it yeah that is super exciting and i mean it's I've recently gone through the same thing and, you know, people who have listened to the show are probably going to roll their eyes because I talk about this a lot, but like the Moinga Expanse for Pathfinder 2E was the mm-hmm. same experience for me of just like, oh my God, right. like a book about black characters in the world written by black people. Uh, this is amazing. Um, but it really, like, yeah, it's so important. And, you know, and I think I am glad to see that things are moving in this direction of like, okay, how do we continue to add to the space of representation? Even if it is late, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, even if it, you know, not all of it is going to be perfect. I think it's still so important that it's there, that it's um, open doors for folks to get their names in a book, right? Uh, yeah. To have other opportunities to write stuff. And yeah, I'm super excited. I think the same. It just feels like, the DDRPG space, or at least the bigger names, were in the sort of bubble of just Eurocentric content mm-hmm. coming out, and something had to give, right? Someone had yeah. to just go like, okay, this is good, but yeah. here's something new. Yeah, but we can, and we can do glad, other stuff. Yeah, we can do other stuff. So I'm, I'm glad to see that bubble bursting, mm-hmm. I would say. And I just, I'm so grateful that 
we exist in a community that is mostly open to stuff like this right because mm-hmm. if you'd like look at the video games community that's like i i see f- a lot more vitriol come towards game developers who are trying to do something like this yeah um again using last of us as an example a big problem people had with ellie is that she's like a lesbian and yeah. and and abby was called like just because of her physical um appearance they like people were like this is a trans person and trans people can look like that but so can women and yeah. that that i it just i just think that it's nice that the ttrpg space i'm sure there are purists out there mm-hmm. my feed on twitter is curated enough that i don't see many of them <laughs> yeah, but <same>. um <laughs> but, took a lot of work but uh we made god it. yeah tell me about <laughs> it um but yeah that makes me happy that there are people who are like this is good more yeah. of this please yeah. look i don't care what anybody says like watching or playing as abby was like i need to get to the gym like this was and yeah. i played at a time when encanto came out and then it's like oh shit yeah you got another uh buff woman just right making yeah. us look real small all right all right i guess i gotta <laughs> work out i had uh yeah i definitely was jealous and uh and uh went to the gym today so yeah, proud of you. Yeah, to go thanks. Pay from your books at some point. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it really is. But I think even like, and I'll say this: it 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 challenged my own biases too. Playing that game, um, right. for the same reasons, and not that I was like, oh, this is a trans person, but it was like, it definitely was like, okay, is she trans? Um, you know, is there going to be a point where like they come out that she's bisexual or whatever? And it was just like, no, she's just a straight woman who yeah. happens to be yoked. And yeah. yeah, so I think one of the beautiful things about that was like playing the game and like processing that internal bias of like, yes, right. like even though you knew this before, you dumbass, like straight women can look like this too. Like it's perfectly fine. Um, yeah. You know, and, and yeah, I think it's, there's so many aspects of this game that really, just did an amazing job and the trans character that is in the game like their story is yeah incredible jesus my yeah yeah Yeah. fuck it's so good (laughs) we're back i know it's okay stay tuned uh 2023 (laughs) we are in the worst time zone difference possible to make a podcast together but um i will happily hang out i will I'll, i'll wake up at the earliest I can do is like 6 a.m. Oh, that's, yeah. I can even do you one better. You could wake up at 7.30 or 8. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, better. sign me up. Let's <laughs> yeah. do this. Let's talk about yeah. the last of us. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. I, I would love to just geek out. And if I people want to listen, they can. Yeah. yeah. Do like a replay of it. Um. Yeah, it's, it really is so good. But I think too, like one of the things that I really enjoyed from that is like, how can I tie this stuff into uh, my games, right? Mm. The horror elements really stuck out to me because I, I enjoy that. And um, and it freaks the players out when you just like tweet like, ooh, I'm going to incorporate horror elements from last like, uh, Why would you do that? Hang <laughs> you on. You just get a next like, hey, dude. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> but like the anticipation, the the build of walking through a hallway 
Yeah. It's like, yeah, it, that, like that game just like makes every moment count. Yeah. Atmosphere is just, it feels like a real character. You know how people say that New York is a character in comic books? Yeah. It feels like the the set pieces of The Last of Us have a life of their own. They feel so lived in. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to, as a game master, sort of do that for your players, make your world feel lived in and alive is such a... I think it's a skill that people hone over... Yes, I certainly can't do it, but I yeah. know people who can, and I'm, it's yeah, it's it, it's amazing, and I'm glad your players have you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure they are too because I run the games, and so we wouldn't otherwise. <laughs> um, but no, I, like a little bit of more every. Yeah, I love running games so, and and uh, and I appreciate any any engagement that my players give to the stuff that I build. But yeah, that leads me actually to my next question, like. Have you tried GMing before? Or is that something you enjoy or want to do? Uh, yes, I have. I usually reserve GMing for new players. Yeah. A, because I'm too much of a worse to do it for experienced <laughs> players because I'm scared that they'll be like, this is not fun. I could do I Nobody's going to think that. Okay. Yeah, Everybody who's like, we want you to that. GM. Yeah. I know is not going to think that. It's an internal sort of fear that I need to process. And that is one of the reasons I'm running Yaziva this Wednesday is because I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to G for you guys. It's going to be great. And um, we'll see how it goes. But absolutely love the idea of being able to GM. And um, just need to get over some internal... uh, What's the word here? Insecurities before I, uh, yeah, I'm trying. I mean, yeah, you know, and I think once you, once you do it, it's just, that's one of those things that just helps like practice, right? Is kind of the the key. I mean, the only reason I did it was out of necessity. Like I was afraid (laughs) when I, seriously, I I was like, I don't want to do this. When I first wanted to play the game, I just wanted somebody else to do it because I wanted to be a player and I don't have to think about it. And as I kind of like, uh, watch my friend do it for me and um i was always good at like world building and and that was the thing that i was interested in i was like mm-hmm. oh, okay like maybe i can and so yeah when when he couldn't play for a couple of weeks i was like all right everybody else in the group like you guys want to run a one shot together and that was nice. the uh yeah i opened the door and never never went back inside <laughs> so you're also like um Outside of the games you run, you're a writer and game developer, right? So, uh, well, working on it, yeah. So I've always written my entire life, and writing games now is something that I'm like moving into. Okay. Uh, that space I've written a I've written a one page RPG uh, that is complete and available. Uh, it's a detective awesome. game. Yeah, uh, thank you. And um, and yeah, and then I went from like, oh, okay, you did a one page RPG. That's cool. You should just write a big ass game now. Um, because that's how my brain works, uh, hyperfixations yeah. and all that. So I, yeah, I am I just so. like working on digging in and trying to figure it out. But, you know, yeah, I want to do like freelance writing and stuff like that too. I think it would be cool to just be involved. Absolutely. Around. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, stuff like this urges me to like, just like, just pushes me to go try things out myself. So I yeah. appreciate folk like you and, 
Thank you. Proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. Are, are you like, would you ever consider doing writing and stuff like that? Because it's not, I mean, obviously uh, with the character stuff. Yeah, I I would. And I am right now. I think when Journeys was announced, I was like, I want to be able to tell stories like this. And yeah. um, that sort of pushed me into thinking about, I'm thinking of writing an adventure. I'll start yeah. with a 5e adventure and see how it goes. Yeah. But um, I think my fear for so long was that my stories need to be palatable to the larger audience, as which which in my head is a bunch of white people. <laughs> Shake my head, yeah. Shake my head, no. Don't do it. Uh, but yes, I know and, what you mean. Yeah, and, and now that I've sort of been like, it just has to be palatable to me mm-hmm. and and to people who might resonate with stories that I would, I think yeah. if I can do that much, I would be happy. So um, yeah, I'm I'm working on it. We'll see if it goes anywhere. Yeah, I love that. I I think it's one of those things like those people are always going to be there of like the people like that asshat who wrote the Turning Red review, right? Of like, oh, I can't oh relate to this because I'm a white man. Like, like come up, just come out and say it. You know what? The worst <laughs> yeah. part about these kind of things is they're not going to say that this is too Asian for me. Then no one's going to like, they won't say that. They'll be like, yeah. Just, just fucking say it, dude. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But yeah, so there's always going to be people like that, right? And so I think the best thing we can do is just not concern ourselves with those people yeah. and write things, a story that only we can tell. You know what I mean? Because it's that's the truth of it. Like you, only you have your experiences and, and have lived your life. And, um, you know, I look at uh, – I had a guest on, shout out to Anne, and <laughs> she was talking about – um, God, I don't want to get the name wrong, but I, I'm not looking it up. But I think it's like Sina Inu is the Sina Una. Uh, Una, okay, yeah, yes. and um, yeah, and so there's like an actual play of people playing it who are not Filipino. You know what I mean? And it's like right. We can like I would love to engage with other cultures through the games and like learn about that stuff and you know what I mean and yeah, increase the history and like knowledge. Um, you know, like let's all move away from that like you know zero you're an uncultured swine to like 10 yeah yeah wonderful human being like let's move closer to that and away from uncultured swine and just fucking play some <laughs> games that are diverse absolutely it's good for you That's even if great you don't that know there's it. a a group of non-filipinos plays you know that makes me really happy to hear yeah i think it's on stream i i, I can't remember the name of it i'll um, find it I'll, yeah i'll do some digging i'm sure i can but yeah, it's it's out there. And I think it's just one of those situations like it's so wonderful to see. And, you know, I hope like the same the same thing that goes for it. like I hope that people uh, are engaging more with uh, the Wagadu Chronicles. And I hope that people engage with Into the Motherlands and, um, yeah. you know, into and Journey um, when that is ready. And like all of these things, like I think it's just so important that we just try it. Like, yeah, you know. I've had guests on who like talk about. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, 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 please go on. I I have I've had guests on who talked about like play thirsty sword lesbians, even if you aren't a lesbian, because it's a good game and it's like someone we so at Daisy's we did this um, PBTA week where we had a week full of like games that were using the PBTA system, Mm -hmm. and um, one of the games we ran 
was um, thirsty sword lesbians and um, someone was like hey I'm not like a part of the LGBT community can I play I'm like absolutely come yeah. sign up and yeah. I think they had a good time playing it so uh, it was great there was this other um, game as well it's called Queers with a Z mm-hmm. at the yeah. end mm-hmm. or Z if you're American um, <laughs> yeah if you can't figure that out guys <laughs> uh, but, but even again, people were like, should we, can we sign up for this? And I was like, yes, listen, just come play. <laughs> These are stories for everyone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I love that people have the sensibility to ask, but I also wish that they didn't need to. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. I think it's one of those things like as a GM, I've played so many different types of NPCs, you know, yeah, what I mean? people, yeah, uh, from many different cultures and backgrounds, and you know, and it really is just like just play a character, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, this is just a person who enjoys baking and loves their husband, whatever their gender is, like it doesn't matter or their ethnicity, like just play that, like, yep, play somebody who loves to bake and loves their spouse, like that's cool, you know, loves like that's bake. fine. Yeah. yeah. Just them and their spouse getting high in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's, you know, we're playing a, um, we're doing like a little Delta Green campaign for our oh. home game. And we live in New Mexico, which is a very Hispanic and indigenous, and then a lot of white people uh, living here. But like I make 90% of, of the NPCs. Hispanic or indigenous. Um, right. And I am neither of those things. And so, yeah. yeah. Just don't be an asshat. Yeah. As long as people are doing it in good faith and doing it from, without using the ethnicity or the trauma that a minority faces at those, at, at the center of the character that you're playing, I think you're good. Just, it's, I'm always happy to see people play diverse characters. I think it's yeah. great. Yeah, I think cultures should be shared and um, appreciated and enjoyed by everybody. So, definitely. Do you have a favorite game? Uh, well, I mean, I, it can be D anD D, of course, but uh, it yes, I have multiple favorites right now. I think mine changes depending on what I've been playing the most. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, it's Monster Hearts. Which is okay, also yeah. powered by the Apocalypse game by yeah. Avery Adler or Aldo, sorry. We have this campaign running on our server for Monster Hearts. And for those who don't know, Monster Hearts is a story of hormonal teenagers who happen to be monsters. Yeah. And um, we're playing this, the setting that we're playing in is, is in space. It's, at, it's like a futuristic. Um, one set in a space station where being a monster is outlawed. So we're all like trying to keep it a secret. There's this AI that sort of controls. And it's this fantastical story, but at the same time, it's incredibly grounded in the kind of topics we've been able to explore through this game. Yeah. Um, like some really difficult conversations have happened. And difficult things have been processed as a part of this game. So I think that's my current favorite. I recently tried out Lancer and I really loved playing Lancer. 
Yeah. And I think if I play more of it, that might make it to my favorites <laughs> list as well. But right now it's Monster Hearts. Yeah. That's yeah. Really cool. What about you? What's your favorite right now? Gosh. Um, I mean, I play a lot of Pathfinder 2E. But similarly, I've been playing Delta Green lately. And that has it's been... It's a Call like, of Cthulhu. Yes, modern. Yeah. Uh, and you play as like these agents who have to keep the rest of the world from knowing that this should exist because it, you know, so right. you have to like live with the men knowledge. In black. Like, yeah, kind exactly. Of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you can like come from all kinds of different backgrounds of like, you can be like FBI or um, a cop, but you can also be like a doctor or an anthropologist right. or a journalist or whatever, or a criminal. Um, That's super fun. That sounds yeah. great, actually. And so it makes an interesting situation. Um, people will get keyed into my games because I've talked about it a few times, but like one of the things recently we played uh, this past weekend and we have my friend Cree, she's playing a criminal, like this 19 year old, just, you know, punk kid uh, right. who got yeah. sucked Street into this rat. world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she, um, she has a high stealth score. And so they're trying mm. to like break into this facility and she's got yeah. this FBI agent and this doctor with her and they're like making her take point. And she's like, I don't want to do this. Like, right. I, I'm just a kid. Like, you're making – Yeah. And she had to, like, you know, and not – you know, nobody's being forced to do anything. But, like, as they're playing through the game, um, you know, she had to, like, sneak up and, like, hit this sleeping guy with the butt of her gun. And she, she's like, I I, I don't understand. <laughs> right. How did I get picked for this job? Yep. Um, and so, yeah. And so, like, they were, like, going to finally go into the room. I was like, okay, so – uh, you know, Adrian Ramirez, are you going to let this 19-year-old woman yeah. take point into this death bunker? He's like, no, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I think it's, it's also so like, you see stories of like, this exact trope of someone like, who's really good at what they do, but they're super young and then they get hired by some some group of adults who think that the best thing you can do is put this kid in, in this dangerous situation like yeah. ender's game for example is a story yeah. that i'm like jesus ender's game yeah yeah i'm like oh, i don't know about the adults <laughs> in this book but uh yeah no i think it's a great trope though and i'm glad that they were able to sort of navigate that and get to the point where okay maybe this is a bad idea <laughs> yeah i love it that. was, Shout it was out fun to, to play with ramirez <laughs> Yeah, yeah. For finally stepping up. Yeah, it was it's a lot of fun to to mess around with that. And that's one of those games too where you can like really apply like the horror. Um, right. You know. And I was like, okay, well you're in this room, like there's no lights on. Like, are you gonna just walk around with your flashlight? And my buddy's like, Man, I should have just brought glow sticks. I was like, glow sticks aren't providing any light. You're just creating a target for yourself. Yep. And so it's like all these like different things that they can do and like being watched around the city and like trying to like determine like who's watching us, what's going on, like how are we seeing yeah. these people? I love stuff like that. And I think it has, um, I think it plays really well as a narrative game, even though it has crunch to it. And I like right. when those th two things can mix together really well. For sure. It sounds amazing. I want to play now. We can play. I'll run a game for you. I am down for that. 100%. Seriously. So, yeah, for sure. And um, have you played any Call of Cthulhu before or any kind of? It's like I'm cursed. I Every <laughs> time I try to play Call of Cthulhu, something goes wrong and I can't make it to the game. It's happened oh, three no. times so far. And 
I need someone to help me break this curse. So um, <laughs> yeah, Delta Green, maybe that's where it's at. Maybe that's where it's at. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll set it up um, because I I love the game, so I'll take any excuse to play, and I think it would be fun to play that with you. So thank you. I would love to play it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, cool. I think that's where we'll end the recording. But um, I do want to say again, thank you so much for for coming on and you know telling uh, my audience about your show and. Um, you know, I'm excited for to see what you guys do and and to see it grow and everything else. So, thank you so much for having me. It, yeah, it, it was such an absolute pleasure too. There are not many things I would wake up early for. This is one of those things that I would. So, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad I'm here. Thank you for I having me. Appreciate that. Yeah, and I guess um, sometimes I remember to do this. Uh, if you would like, uh, where can people find you and or your show? Oh yes! Oh wow! I forgot. To. <laughs> I'm so bad about it. So we're yeah. so. It's, it's, I get it. it's all good. Um, people can find me online at at Nonagon Dice. That's mm. on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you what your social media poison of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find Daisies and Dragons at at Daisies and Dragons. Um, we have a Discord community. We have a Twitch channel. Come check us out. If you'd like some handmade dice, come check Nonagon Dice out. Uh, yeah, I think that's me. Well, very cool. Well, again, thank you. And um, yeah, I hope the rest of your day goes great. Uh, we're we're a whole 12 hours apart. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go get some rest after this. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. Bye.